0: You're listening to a Rare Drop podcast. Check us out at RareDrop.co. Hey, everybody. How you doing? It's been a long time coming. Finally time to record uh, the episode we were looking at from Tuesday. It is uh, Ask Broman. Let me make sure I get this right. Uh, it is, it is uh, Ask Broman 68. Ask Broman 68. I thought we were on 69, but we're not there yet. So these are your questions uh, that we took on Tuesday, May 21st, had a lot of traveling, didn't get a chance to get around to them, Uh, but we are going to get into your questions from Twitter, and we're going to get your answers, we're going to get you everything that you need, thanks for tuning in, thanks for being patient, Uh, this is hands down my favorite time of the week recording this, so we're going to hop right into it. Um, The first question uh, that we have, and I think it's actually a, a very important question, and it is, uh, if I were to place my hand upon your hip, what would you happen to do if I then dipped? Would you also dip? And I would just say, if, if you put your hand on my hip and you dip, then I dip, and then we would dip. Uh, and I think that that really is all that we have to say about that. Um, Chan asks, I know a streaming and organizing Guardian Con involves a lot of talking with people uh, who aren't always too reliable. We'll talk about that. Uh, how do you cope it with it when people don't respond to an email or message after a few days? Because I hate that shit. I love the podcast. So there's a couple of things in here that I think are really important. The first is um, you can't uh, you have to you have to deal with this from a, a place of understanding. Right. So uh, when I'm organizing Guardian Con, I'm dealing with, uh, you know, we're we're organizing with broadcasters um that are, you know, I mean, I'm I'm successful on Twitch. Some of the people who are bringing in are magnitudes more successful, 10 times more followers than I have. Um, and I know how busy I am. And so I understand how busy these people must be. I think that this kind of comes down to this weird interplay that currently people feel like asking about something more than once is being annoying. And it's not, as long as you do it appropriately. You know, I understand that if I'm talking to somebody who is a broadcaster, it means they're streaming 12 hours a day. They got a YouTube channel. They got a family. They got mods. They got to do all the stuff that I do. So when it comes to organizing you know, charity events on Twitch, I think that the, the two biggest lessons I've learned is you need to leave as much time as possible to get people involved. Thankfully, at this point, most of the people that are going to be involved in GuardianCon are already kind of bought in. So they're sort of looking for the message. But the past three years, I've been you know, chasing people down. Hey, 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 remember. And there's still a lot of work that I need to do. I have um, 11 slots filled out of the 42 slots that we're going to have for the charity marathon. Um, some of those are up in the air. Everything still needs to be confirmed and things like that. But, uh, you know, it, it just takes time. And it takes doing, don't feel bad if you're organizing a charity event or any event on Twitch to ping someone every two or three days and say like, hey, just a reminder on this, hey, wanted to follow up on this, hey, uh, you know, this is important, we're working on this uh, for charity, you know, I just, you can just, whenever you get a chance, get back to me. Um, and you'll never know what could happen. So, that is my advice Um, <clears throat> That is, that is my advice when it comes to organizing the charity stuff and following up with people. Do not feel afraid uh, to follow up with people. And, and as far as you hating that shit, you need to learn to be a little bit more patient. Be as patient as you possibly can, especially when you're doing something for charity. Um, you know Everything you do is ultimately a reflection of that charity. So being patient and understanding. Answering the same question 10,000 times because every time you answer it could be a dollar that's saving a life is worth it um, uh, guardian geezers asks a question that comes across a lot of people's minds when they're getting started. And that is as a content creator, how do you stay motivated, motivated? I don't know why I said it like that to keep delivering new content. Um, I've, I've covered this a lot of ways. Um, I've covered it in terms of passions. We've talked about it in terms of, um, Of that, but there's another side once you've gotten going, and I think it's something I haven't talked about yet, and it's a feeling that I have uh, that hasn't been discussed on the podcast, and that's uh, responsibility, right? Like, yeah, I'm passionate about it, and I love it, but there's this other aspect of, like, I've built this community, and they're expecting content for me. Like, they've built part of their life to come in and consume my YouTube video or my podcast or my Instagram story or my stream um, every day. And if I stop delivering, you know, I'm I'm taking something from someone else um, and I'm not in that business. I'm in the business of giving. So it's it's this really interesting interplay. Uh, You know, I'm passionate and I love what I do, but I think that there's this whole other aspect of like you have this responsibility to entertain once you have an audience, you you have a responsibility to lead, to be there. Um, So on the days when I'm at the lowest of my low and like my passion seems to have bled out of my body. I've had this, like, sense of duty that'll pull me out of bed and say, like, get the fuck over it. You have the best job in the world. You have all these people that just can't wait to, like, smile and laugh with you. So I know you're going through some shit right now, but put that shit away and get going. Um, that's what motivates me to keep new content when I am at my absolute fucking worst. Um And I think that that is something that, you know, that sense of duty and responsibility, like at first it's to you and your passion and your dream. And once you have an audience, like that responsibility to deliver your content, you know, not what they want, what you want every day, that's still important. But delivering that content every day, um, you know, that that gets me out of bed sometimes when I'm having a fucking really shitty time. And I'm not afraid to talk about that. You know, I, you know, I, everyone in my family struggles with, um, you know, depression. Um, you know, all, all sorts of, you know, various mental illnesses. Uh, my brother suffers from, from atypical bipolar, uh, disorder. You know, my sister has anxiety. Uh, you know, so we, we've, we've, you know, we live, we've lived through that space of like, you know, having, you know, these mental disorders and like having to work through it. Like I saw a therapist for the first, like I, after I turned 10, uh, for like five years, you know, learning how to cope with all this stuff. um, And, you know, so I get down there in the lows and and I know what that's like. And and I know for some of you, you know, you need to continue, you know, whatever therapy you have, please don't stop. That's not what I'm saying, but there's still that mental battle, you know, that you have to overcome, you know, that the medicine you're taking and the therapy you're doing, like you still have to make choices. And for me, the number one thing that pulls me over that hurdle is always like that feeling of responsibility. So I would say like find that, like find that, that deep human feeling that you have towards your content. It's not the passion, it's the responsibility and like find what connects there and and use that, um, use that every single day that you feel like, like quitting. Um, (laughs) so many good questions. (laughs) Uh, I should have vetted these a little bit more. Sorry, I'm reading them um, without reading them out loud. I hope you're all having wonderful days um, with the success of tabletop RPG content on podcasts, Switch, in YouTube, do you think Mixer is next in line to see success from the genre of content? You know, I think tabletop games are sort of like they're having a moment right now. Like there was, you know, there was a, a blockbuster movie made game night, you know, like, uh, tabletop games have been popular for a long time in the same way video games have been popular. And now they're having this moment, you know, we have stranger things. We have all this other stuff that's bringing D and D and other tabletop games. Probably it's not just D and D. I know calm down. Um, but you have all of these other things that are bringing out, you know, popularity of this game, you know, to cultural relevance. And so I think that not only is it going to be good for podcast, Twitch, YouTube, It'll obviously be good on Mixer. And I think whatever's next, you know, board games are, are an incredible way. Tabletop games are an incredible way to connect with one another. And they have been for a long time. And I think it's really interesting that even in this point of time and in, in culture where we have all of this high technology to connect us. You still find people playing chess. You know, people are still going online to play D&D with their friends. It's still a tabletop game, even though there's all these digital interfaces that have been built for it, because there's something to be said about complete imagination. And I don't think that technology is going to get to a place where we can just think and create for a while. Um, you know, even if we get full VR in like 10 years or something like that, like that'll change things quickly. But for the next decade, that's not happening in my mind. So tabletop RPGs are still going to be the place where we can explore, you know, the the full and true creativity of, you know, of our minds and these worlds that we build. So I don't I don't see tabletop RPGs really going anywhere for, for a while. So if you make content around them, uh, you know, the other interesting thing that I've seen is people love video games or movies and all that stuff so goddamn much that they will make a tabletop RPG based off of their favorite video game. Like there's a destiny tabletop RPG. There's a borderlands tabletop RPG, you know, every possible game of Thrones. Like there's every single derivative. And if it's not out there yet, you could make it, sell it. People would be interested in it. Now. Yeah. Like you might have some IP issues, so you might have to call it like throne of games or something and, and change some names around. But you get my point. Um, I think that there's opportunity in creating around tabletop RPGs, both on the on the content end and on the back end of that, uh, you know, there's the opportunity to create actual games. If you look at uh, some other content creators like Angry Joe, who's a YouTuber, he is releasing this awesome crowdfunded tabletop game with Street Fighter characters. You know, it's it's just really exciting to see where tabletop gaming is going. And I like your I like your mind, like where you're at. Keep pushing in that direction. Um, <clears throat> this is a great question from Caesar. It says, how does one refine one's own inner strength? <laughs> Which is hard. Uh, it's a good one. So uh, the question is, how do you build resilience? And I think that you build resilience by making the choice that you don't want to make in every situation that's going to lead to your benefit. So like if you wake up in the morning and you don't want to stream, you don't want to make a podcast episode, you don't want to whatever because you're tired. Or in a very real context for me, I woke up one day and this was a long time ago. I had just gone full-time on Twitch. I'd been streaming for about two months and I woke up one day uh, and my wife was gone ex-wife my ex-wife was gone she didn't say goodbye uh we had been talking about separating but she was just gone she left at 3 a.m uh took all of her stuff and she was gone so I woke up at 7 a.m I wanted to fall apart but I said I can't do that I'm all that I have now so I made a cup of coffee I sat down, turned on my computer, and I streamed for 16 hours. And it sucked. And I went to bed and I cried. Because I was fucking frustrated. And I woke up the next day and I made a cup of coffee. And I sat down and I streamed for 16 hours. And then I cried again. And I went through that every single day. I didn't let what I was going through stop me from doing what I wanted to do. So finding a way to make sure that whatever you're going through doesn't stop what you're trying to do is how you develop inner strength. And you're not going to knock it out of the park every day. But you are going to have moments in time that you will be able to determine. You know That moment for me was the moment that I felt like I grabbed, like, you know, metaphorically, like I grabbed all the strings of fate that controlled my life. And I said, these motherfucking things are mine now. And no one else gets to control them but me. And you will have that opportunity in your life, and you can take that opportunity every single day to develop inner inner strength. Um, you know, that's what I've been through. That's what I've done, and that's what I recommend anyone else do as well. Um, <laughs> that was good. So, what else do we have? Uh, kind of personal question, what was the hardest time in your life and how did you deal with it? Well, we just talked about that. Um, and I like that a lot. Uh, it's, it's it's honest for me. Um, so Mr. Watts says, I want to disrupt current fundraising methods and make streaming a revenue opportunity for nonprofits. Is 25000 a realistic goal for a first-time event? Uh, or do you need to be tied to something else? My first event that I put on on Twitch, uh, fully organized and run by me, raised five hundred thousand um, dollars. The amount that you can raise is directly dependent on the quality of the network that you have to draw upon, and your ability to execute. Um, Twenty five might be low. Twenty five might be high. You need to take a personal inventory of who you know, and who you know will you know perform and things like that. How much buy in the charity has? how much social relevance the charity has, and you need to take all of that information, do some math in your head, and figure out what a good goal is. Um, The first part of all of this is picking a charity and making sure that they're educated and open to working with broadcasters, and if they're not, you're going to have to go have some meetings. Um, If you're starting your first time event, it can go as well, (laughs) it'll go as well as the depth of your network. Uh, if you're starting from zero, nobody knows you. Nobody knows the charity. You're going to do a thousand dollars your first year, most likely, and then you'll probably do five, and then you'll probably do twenty-five, fifty, one hundred, etc. So just be prepared to be in it for the long haul. Uh, Red Nicholas asks, "I work at a mostly full-time job, and I wish I could put more time into streaming, but I need to fit in sleep and eating somewhere. Any suggestions for ways to add more time?" Or produce snippets while it work. So you stream. Uh, you, I mean, here's what I did when I was working full time. I ate once a day because I didn't have time for meal prep. So I ate once a day, uh, like 1,500 calories. Uh, didn't eat the rest of the day. Just drank water. Um, uh, I slept five to six hours a night. Streamed every single free moment that I had. You have an opportunity that I didn't have five years ago. And that's uh, the fact that there are so many (laughs) Twitch and content creation is so much more feature rich. So after you're done streaming and you're on your phone at work or you're taking a break, you can bring up your stream. You can download a clip. You can post it on Instagram. You can post it on Facebook. You can answer all your Facebook messages and your Instagram messages and things like that. Remember, guys, streaming is not just streaming. It is everything around it, too. If you put in five hours of work outside of your stream networking and making friends and answering every DM and, and reaching out to collaborate with people and five hours streaming, you're still working a 10 hour day. Um, you know, I, I really I'm a huge fan of sitting there and taking an inventory and saying, where am I making excuses? Where am I being full of shit? And where can I edit parts of my life so that I can do more work? Um, And when someone asks, like, I have to fit in sleeping and eating, it makes me think, you know, I get it, but clearly you're running a tight ship and it's time to understand what parts you can edit out. Uh, Stunted Squirrel asks, how can you encourage new people who are actively engaging with you? To consider following your channel without sounding like a sellout. You are your biggest advertiser and your biggest fan. Advertising yourself is never being a sellout. And if you feel like you're being a sellout, you need to audit your content and understand what about it feels fake to you. Because when I started making content that I loved... I didn't have a fucking problem saying rate, comment, subscribe, tell your grandma, tell your sister because you believe in yourself and you believe in your shit. So my question to you, Stunted Squirrel, is what part of your content don't you like? And if it's nothing, you need to start believing in what you're doing and believing that it is good enough that other people want to watch it. And then it's not weird to ask. Uh. Windowpane asks, uh, I was wondering, even though I'm a growing content creator, should I put my business email on my social pages? You should put every social and every business email in every location you can. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, Mixer, Snapchat, Musical.ly, whatever the fuck it is that you are using, your business contact should be there because there needs to be zero seconds of friction between someone being interested in you and somebody contacting you. Megafish says, Hey bro, man, longtime lurker going through a rough time dead end job. And I don't have confidence to take risks. Uh, and I have problems handling social interactions. How do I overcome this? Uh, I was incredibly awkward socially growing up. If you're new to the podcast, here's a fun story. Um, you know, when I was growing up, uh, I didn't have a lot of friends, went to private school, uh, I was kind of weird. I was a little spazzy, um, and everyone, uh, you know, I offered. I was just trying to be nice. And then I remember, and I'll never forget. I'll never forget. In fifth grade, I offered to carry a girl's books for her because she looked like she was having a hard time, and she said, "I don't want your help, booger hands." Uh, and then everyone laughed at me, and I said, "Okay, cool. So I'm just not going to talk anymore." So from the age of, you know, some fifth, so from fifth grade until. I don't know, let's say ninth grade, I just stopped talking to people that wasn't, you know, my immediate family because I just couldn't, I just didn't want to fuck it up again. I didn't want to fuck it up again. The way I overcame that was I realized that I felt really alone and I looked around me and I saw that there were so many other people that also felt alone, other people that weren't talking to anyone, looking down at the ground, looking down at the floor not having confidence. And so I said, you know what? I don't need to win over the most popular, cool people in the fucking world. I just need to make sure that these other people who feel like outcasts don't feel alone. And then I started talking to people again because I started talking to people that where there was, you know, we were both kind of in a place where shit was so bad, nothing could go wrong. And that helped me teach myself that in reality, everyone is the person who's staring at the floor. Everyone has a flaw Everyone's broken. Nobody's perfect. I stopped putting everyone else on a pedestal. I fucking leveled that shit and realized that me and LeBron James and fucking, you know, Babe Ruth, goddamn Abraham Lincoln, fucking Einstein, like every single person that you can ever think of had to eat food, take a shit. They cried. They smiled. They like everything that is human is something that every human has experienced. And so to take other people, you know, and this is not ignoring their levels of skill in particular fields, but if you asked Einstein to fucking do a windmill dunk, he couldn't do it. If you ask LeBron to invent a new theory of the universe, it's not going to fucking happen. You have to realize that you have skills that stand out like that. And even if you don't, even if you are middle of the road, average at everything in life, you have more in common, even with the most successful people In the world. Than you could possibly imagine. So quit worrying about that shit. And talk to people. Throw yourself in the deep end. And make it happen. Quain says. I've been streaming retro games lately as a break. Old games that I've never played before. I have a good lineup so far. Are there any games you'd recommend for this list? I have Chrono Trigger and Earthbound. Uh, I mean like the entire snes catalog of rpgs is is phenomenal uh any nes uh uh, platformer is also phenomenal um there there is such a powerful source of nostalgia for both of those consoles even playstation and playstation 2 you know any action rpg from playstation 2 era any jrpg from playstation era you're gonna find people, especially on Twitch, that are just in love with it. So literally anything from those lists. Uh, the one says, "While pushing out a podcast, live streaming on Twitch. Is it better to stream the podcast? I get this asked this question a lot. It is always better to do everything in front of as many people as possible." Than to try and like edit your content. Like what the, why the fuck would you not stream your podcast live? If you're not interacting with chat. And people are just watching live. You get virality from the moment. Always do it live. Always. Always. There's no reason not to. It shouldn't be a question. If you have the option of live distributing your content. And the means. You should do it. Period. Because that live stream creates opportunity. Opportunity that won't happen a second time. This is one of the few times I I record stuff off stream. And that's because of the dynamics of how Twitch works. And even as I say that, I think, you know, I could boot up the stream for 20 minutes, do IRL, ignore chat, and let people listen. Um, But for me personally right now, like I'm drained from all the other shit that I did. um, And I want to focus on this because it's a skill that I'm still learning. Hopefully a year from now, you know, I'll be able to do that. But right now, I haven't always do it live if you can sir slaw and we'll probably wrap this up we're coming up on uh, on 30 minutes and we're we're powering through a lot of questions we'll get a couple more uh a couple more questions we got these are these are two content creators that I admire so we're going to answer their questions um all right okay 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 oh okay well, well let's let's knock this quick one out first um adam asks my question is what do you do when the internet dies during during your stream how do you get your connection back up you call your isp you bitch them out and you do that ad nauseum and then you upgrade your internet and if that doesn't work you upgrade your internet and if that doesn't work you upgrade your internet and if that doesn't work you move that's it all right jez asks what uh what do smaller content creators care too much about and conversely, not enough about on Twitch, in your opinion. I think smaller content creators care too much about numbers and polish. Numbers and polish. I think they care about whether or not their alerts look cool, their sub badges look neat, and whether or not their stream is running in a crisp 1080p 60fps. Uh, none of that shit fucking matters. <laughs> It's great to strive towards, but while doing this, and this answers the second part of your question, they're spending more time on that than growing their community, networking, talking to people, picking out games, understanding dynamics, learning analytics, analyzing their own content, talking to other content creators, watching other content creators, becoming parts of other content creators' communities. Working on collaborations, understanding how to distribute stuff on more than one location. Distribution matters so much more than quality. Because the quality of your content, especially starting at zero, is just learning how to tell everyone who you are in that context. And nobody is thinking about that when they're getting started. And you absolutely should be obsessed with it. Thank you, Jez. Sir Slaw asks, what is your internal goal for pushing out content on auxiliary platforms? Do you have a specific number of stories you try to post on Instagram daily or a number of engagements you try to make on Twitter? Or do you just go with the flow? The topic I'm aiming for here is more is what if your what is your core belief as opposed to how much should I do? Naturally, we should be doing as much organic content as we can with no clip. I don't have any goals. Um, my goal when I'm making content I, in, in the real world, since you brought up Instagram, is to have metacognition of what I'm doing daily. Think about what I'm thinking about and recognize when I'm having a moment that should be documented. Like if I'm taking a shit. No. If I'm in the shower and I have an important thought. Yeah. Yeah don't forget it. Don't forget it. Don't forget it. Drying my body off. Don't forget it. Don't forget it. Don't forget it. Finish brushing my teeth. Don't forget it. Don't forget it. Don't forget it. it. Put on pants, put on a shirt. Hey, Instagram. And I get it out. Um, now maybe I'll be a little bit more confident soon enough that I'll, you know, just take that shot, you know, and do the story in the shower, but who knows? Um, and as far as like personal engagements or things like that, I have blocks of time that I use every day. Um, uh, and on days where I have more freedom, it's a stop start. Like, okay, it's 11 a.m. I'm supposed to stream by noon, so I'm going to start answering Instagram DMs, and I'll either answer all of them and then start when that's done, or I'll answer as many as I can and start my stream at noon. Um, same thing with Twitter. I have a couple things that are are absolute no passes for me, and that's twice, two or three times a week, I go through the Kings Coast Twitter and make sure that I interact with absolutely every tweet that's happened, whether it's a like, whether it's a reply, because these are people who are taking a risk to get involved with my, you know, my, my company, my business, my product. And I have to have to I have a moral obligation in my mind to tell them, thank you for that. Because, you know, interacting with my other content, like I get it, like at this point, like everyone's like, oh, he's a fucking whatever. He does the video games and I'll talk to him and I appreciate all that content, too, but I, I go above and beyond for any businesses that I'm growing. Um, so my core, my core, 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 core belief about content is that if you can make it, you should be making it and you should be making all of the content you can all of the time everywhere. And that's the expectation you start the day with. And if you have to knock it back, like this podcast got pushed back three days because I was busy. But during those days, I replied to every Instagram thing. I did a shit ton of stories while I was traveling for my business meeting. Uh, you know, still pushed out the YouTube content, still pushed out the tweets. Um, you know, it's a balance. Uh, it's, it's, it's a work-work balance. You know, I, I, did a, I did a short one about that a while ago. But like you have to manage so many different feeds of information. And until you have a team, you can't really reasonably expect yourself To 100% of the time. Hit all of them. So learning how to drive focus is awesome. It's also important as you scale up. To learn how to drive focus. Because maybe shit's going to be popping really hard. On Instagram one day. But then the next day you need to be really heavy into YouTube. And then the next day you have to be on Instagram. And so even as you grow. If you're managing employees and things like that. You know where to place the pieces. To get maximum impact. Um, This is a thing. This is a thing that scales up and we are in the process of scaling that up at rare drop right now. Thank you all so much for asking the awesome questions today. I hope you got the answers you were looking for. Uh, As always, I'm a big fan of doing the podcast. We came rapid fire, man. We got it in 30 minutes. Uh, I have been hearing some feedback from you all that you're looking for less repeat questions. Uh, I edited out a lot of answers today. So if you did not hear your question answered today, Please, please, please go back to other episodes of the podcast. I promise that the answers are there. Um, and I'm just really trying to tr- do my best to keep this fresh. Uh, obviously, we'll revisit questions inside of context and things like that. Um, but my goal is to make sure that if, you know, as much as I want to add value for the new people who are listening here, I want to have the people who are, are, are here for the 100th time to hear some new shit as well. Thank you so much for listening. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, I thank you so much Please rate the podcast. If you've been listening for a long time, maybe subscribe, maybe share it with your grandma, your best friends, someone who you feel like needs to hear this. And I'll talk to you next time. Peace. Hey, everyone. It's bro, man. I just wanted to take a quick minute um, and do a little sponsored plug here for the podcast. As you know, we've been using discord for all of our podcast needs and for the call ins for uh, the entirety of this show. Discord reached out and they wanted me to sort of bring some points about their their uh, their platform to you all. Uh, So we're doing that. Uh, I love people that enable content creators and uh, gamers alike. Discord uh, has created a fantastic platform. You can check it out at uh, discord.gg. I'm discord.gg slash broman. uh, If you ever want to chat. Uh, But the whole point of Discord is to make it incredibly easy for you to create not only a server, but a community around yourself and your friends, a perfect place to play together. And if you're making content like this podcast, it's a great way to have one source audio where you have complete control over everyone who is talking. So if you haven't checked it out, I would appreciate it if you did. They make this podcast possible, um, and they're incredible people there. Peace.